explosive. Oh yeah? Watch this. Watch what? I think we're in trouble. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Knows Podcast. I am Darren, your host. On this episode 30, binge this. Apple News, Twitter News, and Facebook. The film and TV segment, Zack Snyder's Justice League Cutout, Godzilla vs. Kong Update, HBO's Got Spin-Offs, She's All That Remake, Oscar nominations are out, Disney Film and Disney Plus News, and Dave joins to talk about streaming impact on TV and films. Lastly, on the shift segment, takes a break. Hope you listeners enjoy this episode 30 of Joe Knows. And it just works. And it just worked. It just works seamlessly. All right, now the text segment of the Joe Knows podcast. Well, Apple recently added COVID vaccine locations within Apple Maps in the U.S. where users can locate the nearest vaccines by searching in the maps or by asking Siri, where can I find a COVID vaccination? I like it. Now, bring it to Canada, ASAP, Apple. All right, what else do we have here for Apple News? Oh, in an interview with People, Tim Cook says he can't wait for employees to return back in person to Apple Park. Quote, my gut says that for us, it's still very important to physically be in the touch with one another person because collaboration isn't a planned activity. Innovation isn't always as planned activity. Bumping into each other over the course of the day and advancing an idea that you just had. And you really need to be together for that. Amen, Tim. I think uh, that is what sparks innovation in Silicon Valley. Being in person. Wow. Good morning. All right. Over to Twitter. Twitter has put up public input as to how it should handle world leaders on the platform, particularly ones who violate the site's rules. So this past March 19th, when you hear this podcast, Twitter will release a survey asking for input and will open to all respondents through April 12th and will run in 14 languages to help capture a global perspective on the matter. Of course, we know how certain leaders have used this platform in the past, and the goal is to provide the right balance. The new decade will definitely see changes to the social media landscape potentially some new players or how we interact with social media, perhaps not even using it. All right, staying with Twitter, the company is now finally testing full YouTube video support in iOS app. Thank you, finally. This will give the users the ability to watch full YouTube videos without leaving the Twitter app. Keeping users tied to his platform is smart and a welcome addition, finally, for us Twitter users out there. All right, what else? Oh, yeah, finally... Uh, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg has changed his tune on Apple's upcoming iOS 14.5 privacy update. In a Clubhouse session, he commented that the company will not only manage through the changes, but also benefit from the privacy changes as businesses would be increasingly locked into its own ecosystem of advertising and commerce offerings. From this statement, it seems like Zuckerberg feels that businesses will still continue to use Facebook when doing business. That does it for the tech segment of the Joe Knows Podcast. Kano wins. If- 
All right, on to the film and television segment of the Joe Knows Podcast, episode 30. Looks like Warner, of course, just released Zack Snyder's Justice League Cut. It's out on HBO Max now, and it comes in at four hours and two minutes. Sitting at an 8.6 on IMDb right now as we're recording this podcast. And how is this so far? Well, I've watched the first hour, part one. Very well done. The storyline's a lot different from the one we saw in 2017 by Joss Whedon. And so far, I'm really enjoying this marathon of a DC movie. Nice work, Zach. I'll update the other parts on the next podcast. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? Batman. Staying with HBO Max, Warner has announced that Godzilla vs. Kong won't be available on PVOD and be in theaters only in Canada. <laughs> I mean, the theaters aren't even open yet in Canada. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of March, because that's when this movie's going to be released, and things could change. I mean, it's on my bucket list to watch this year. It's monsters fighting monsters, so can't go wrong with that. Staying with HBO, they're looking at spinning off three Game of Thrones prequels. Yes, three spinoffs. Uh, according to Variety, the first spinoff titled Nine Voyages will come from Rome co-creator Bruno Heller, while the other two, Flea Bottom and 10,000 Ships, have no writers yet attached. With Nine Voyages, would center on Lord Corlys Valerian, known as the Sea Snake, and head of the House Valerian, husband to Rhaenys Targaryen, on the Sea Snake Vessel. He's the most well-known nautical adventurer in all of Westeros, and even wealthier than the Lannisters. Flea Bottom would take place in the poorest districts of King's Landing, while 10,000 Ships revolves around Princess Nymira, who journeyed with Romare to Dorne and married Lower Mars Martell. Have they told you who I am? Some dead man! <laughs> I am the brother of Elia Martel. If done well, all three prequels will be a must-watch. Shifting over to Netflix, He's All That, it's a remake of She's All That, has been picked up by the streaming giant. The remake stars TikTok star Addison Rae in her acting debut as Pageant Sawyer, originally played by Rachel Leah Cook. Cook will be back playing the wise, caring mother. Oh man, time flies. All right, the Oscar nominations came out most recently, and no surprises leading up to announcements. David Fincher's Mank leads the way with 10 nods, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Gary Oldman, Best Supporting Actress for Amanda Seyfried. Other nominations, sorry, other notable nominations include Best Actor for Steven Yeun, a first for an Asian actor for Manira, along with Supporting Actress Yoon Young Jung, and of course, its director Lee Isaac Chung, and the film itself gets this picture nod. All right, what else did we have that was notable? Oh, Chadwick Boseman got a nod for Mama, sorry, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom for Best Actor. And Reese Ama for Sound of Metal, Best Actor nod. First, also for a Muslim actor. Finally, Chloe Zhao gets the nod for Best Director, first female Asian director for Nomadland 
an emerald finale for promising young woman, also another female director. Way to go, ladies. Good luck. All right, moving over to Disney. Bob Chapek told Bloomberg recently that the movie Black Widow will be a last-minute decision to be moved off the theater release, depending on how the cities in the U.S. are opening due to the COVID vaccination rollout. And he had stated that Disney wants to be flexible to launch the theaters to maximize, of course, both box office exposure for their large tent poles. I mean, the vaccine rollout is, I think, at last count, reached over 100 million already in the U.S., and is expected to be completed by the end of May, early June. Perhaps Marvel's Black Widow will be able to open this summer. That's not my story. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. All right, just finished watching the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and... What a fantastic episode to start the series. Great action, great character development of both Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we get a tease of who the villain could be. I'm not quite sure. They look like they're super soldiers as well. But it came in the episode just shy of 50 minutes. Um, I think uh, this series is going to be closer to what uh, I think the Captain American series itself both Civil War, potentially, and what uh, Captain America Winter Soldier movie as well was. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. Get to see a bit more development of both the characters and kind of see how they got where they are. They haven't met up yet, but the tone of it so far, I'm enjoying it, and I can't wait for more. All right, uh, I'm joined by with Dave, because last week we talked about the impact of internet on the music industry. This week, the impact on the film and television. Where do we begin? Oh man, it's it's crazy. Like I was probably one of the the last out of all of us, the group of friends, right? I was the last to adopt um, streaming. I mean, I still have, I still struggle to you know watch things um, on a computer um, online, but you know the streaming services and smart TVs and things like that, or I guess hooking a laptop up to a TV. I don't have an issue with that. It's a little bit strange if you don't have the proper interface but um yeah it's it's crazy how many people are making the move yeah i mean they've been calling it for a few years like cord cutters meaning you're cutting from the traditional cable companies where we talked about this numerous times where you're paying for all the services from big networks including movies tv shows bundle for a price with commercials that you pay monthly now yeah. they've unbundled all that, gave you the freedom more and more than ever. And of course, we had uh, Netflix kind of more or less become like the go-to, synonymous with streaming. But a factoid is that they started streaming after Amazon Video, if you can believe that. Amazon, oh, really? Amazon Video started in September of 2006. Netflix, of course... Hmm. If, People don't know started as a DVD business at first. Yeah, which was in, they had like machines, right? No, they or something. Nope, they just shipped it. Was it mail order? Mail order, and yeah, okay. um, they didn't start their streaming till January. So it's only a few months after. But then it's funny in January two thousand seven. But they actually used Amazon 
service servers to put up their oh, content to host. to host their content. It's kind of kind of funny. funny. Yeah, and yeah, I thought it was maybe Netflix that had them, but I remember seeing there was like vending machines that you could like rent DVDs from. <laughs> yeah, no. So there's a company that looked like them. It was like Redbox and something else that kind of had a similar Redbox. That that's I remember them kind of looking like Coke machines. Yeah. So that must and have been that, Redbox, I'd assume. That uh, didn't last long there either. If you think about that, I mean, the, it came late to the game as well. That that concept by that time, I think it also because of the telecoms were able to provide the streaming uh, download speeds and upload speeds required for streaming, where it took off, especially obviously in Western countries that needed X amount. I think it's. I'm not sure. They think it's. 10 to 15 megabits minimum to be a decent stream. Okay. That's not hard by any standards today. Yeah, not today, but I think, you know, even in the early 2000s, it was, that was high speed back then. Like, when you're doing 50 megabits, it's like, holy moly. Yeah. That was, like, fast. Now that's... I mean, people were still on, some people would still be on dial-up, like, late 90s, right? So... Oh, yeah. And I mean, if you look at the numbers right now, like Netflix still leads the way with 206 million subscribers. And then Amazon's right behind them at 150. The dark horse to all this is Disney Plus. They came in, in December 2019. They've already mm-hmm. been, they already broke 100 million subscribers. Yeah, well, in 2020 alone, they, they got about 24, 25 million users. Which is huge, like, if you think about that. And they weren't even fully operational then, right? Well, they were, but... The- they, they only had a few, uh, like, properties that were moved over to Disney Plus well, and available, I thought. They only had their core products, of course, you know, their Pixar stuff, their uh, Lucasfilm, and then the uh, Marvel. The cartoon type yeah. stuff. And then, like, the Marvel stuff yeah. wasn't fully moved over till I think, September, because they had contracts... Yeah, it was late 2020 yeah, when they, they had started. Well, they, they had the Marvel movies, except for a few of them that were still out on Netflix and a few other services that they had assigned agreements with. And they didn't expire till 2020. So, yeah, okay. for them to accelerate that quickly, that was actually their 2024 goal when they launched Disney Plus 100 million by 2024. I mean, they're ahead of that that mark, so that's good. So now they have to move their in the latest investment. Uh, I remember reading they are now looking at two hundred fifty or three hundred in four more years or three more years now. But hmm. pricing is good. I mean, what do you think of the pricing of all the kind of services out there? Relatively cheap for what's well, fun. It's like we're talking about, you know, tri- people transitioning away from cable. Mm-hmm which was the standard to the streaming thing. And it's, it's like cable kind of started doing kind of sort of what streaming is. Cause like all, all the, the tiered uh, content providers were like purchasable packages. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it was like, Oh, well you, you go to your cable provider and you, if you want HBO and crave and whatever else, right. It's like, well, you got to pay us 20 bucks for that package. And then you sign up for HBO. Like, I mean, I, I'm not actually signed up for it. I use, uh, my wife's uh, parents account mm-hmm. but um like what do you pay for hbo now like 20 bucks a month well it's 20 bucks but it's in canada i think it's 12 or 13 bucks for hbo or 20 bucks when you bundle it with uh, the tv or the movie package 
which is yeah, like the the full HBO yeah. tier, right? And that's so it's like it's it's almost like the the companies who were providing the content to the cable companies is like, well, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. So we're basically we're just going to basically take what you are charging your consumers, and we're going to make them instead of us like the cable company being their customer. Mm-hmm. And we we being the cable company's customer, they just cut out the middleman, right? Yeah. And it's just like the packages have pretty much stayed the same. The only problem is if you want to completely get rid of cable and like have everything, you're probably going to end up paying more in the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to duplicate what you have, because all the big networks, I mean, we're in Canada. We're unique in that sense where we don't really have our own kind of studios except for you know cbc is really the only one that's producing content um mm-hmm. that's watchable to a certain extent but we're, we're always buying our content from outside of canada and um yeah i mean if you want to watch all the content from you know the major studios which for us is typically the u.s studios and you pretty much are paying the same amount as you would with cable if you want to go the stream yeah, well, way cable company can offset you know the expense by spreading it over all the users right well and also hooking you in with their internet hooking you in with their other services being like you know their mobility or their uh, any other services that you need them because they hold the key to for you to access the content in canada i guess in that sense of that i mean are you when you watch netflix do you think one day my brother and i talk about this quite a lot he thinks there'll be commercials eventually do you think they'll start seeping into the product i i don't know um that's a tough one because netflix i i don't know what their vision is if they really like the idea of staying commercial free but if if they can operate and turn a profit without the need for commercials i i mean it's hard to say unless they start putting commercials or little ads up, you know, on the interface, little boxes and windows. I don't know if it would actually be within the content and, you know, or there would be like a standard tier package where like the lower monthly fee, you still end up having commercials. And then it's like, well, if you want commercial free, you got to pay more. Because in the States, they there's a big company in the States called Hulu, which is actually all owned by Disney. And it's essentially most of their television product, but they have two tiers, like an ad version where you see commercials and an ad free for mm-hmm. extra where you don't see ads. Like it'd be similar to how the Spotify product would be, you know, if you don't want commercials, but I could potentially see that. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, I go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I me, not. Me too. <laughs> but... like, I mean, I think right now what they've been testing things one is testing having you open the interface depending on what application you're using on your phone on your tv or whatnot that they play the trailers or snippets which i don't like myself personally when you're you know you select something you want to watch and it's automatically starts auto playing whatever is there i'm not sure there's an ability to turn it off or not but it's kind of like you know i don't know i, I find it as a clunky experience myself having is that what's what is that on? Um, it's on the Apple version of both the phone and on the Apple TV. Where I don't think the Netflix one 
that's on. Uh, but is is that for Netflix or is that that's just for no, Apple TV for, or no, Disney or? I mean, uh, the okay. Disney Plus does the same thing too, where you select the thing and it will start playing a bit of it. And to me, I don't know if you can turn it off. I haven't seen a function where you can turn it off. I, I could be wrong on that, but I just mm. don't like that aspect where it's kind of like I want to try to scroll. You want to start maybe reading the synopsis of what you're trying to watch, but then the thing starts playing. Like, yeah, it could be different by depending on what platform yeah. you're you're looking on. Because I mean, we we have a Samsung mm-hmm. Smart TV. We just use the the app that's that was created yeah. for the TV, and Netflix loads up, and it's basically just a static search. Okay, window. so they probably do it for different. Don't know why. Maybe because they're testing the product, and then also they've been testing a thing which I think pissed off a lot of people that make movies, like the filmmakers and stuff, was an ability to speed watch. Which to me makes no sense, but why a person wants like speed watch as in like it's like listen to a song twice as fast. Yeah, so you're still sort of getting the audio or not? No, no not at all. You, it's just I vis- think both visual. you're still getting the audio, but they're speaking like I think it's only one at a time, half faster or something. They're just testing it; it's not rolled out. But just yeah. like to me, like aren't you watching whatever you're watching to? Yeah, I know. Get that because. I mean, I guess it's called like binge watching or whatever they call it. They have a nickname for it and stuff, but it's called stupid, <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, buddy. You're watching it because yeah. you want to watch it. Like, I mean, look at the other services. Like with like Disney Plus, really has only they have three now, like three flagship kind of original programming. Of course, it started with The Mandalorian last in 2019. And most recently with WandaVision that just launched in January. And then just last Friday, they launched uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they only had three original programs, yeah. I guess in a year and a half. They're not really original in a sense of they've had things to kind of, you know, its foundations are built. The fan base has been built. and But they were created for solely Disney Plus. for Disney's yeah, streaming yeah. service. And yeah. I think that's one thing Netflix still lacks to a certain, they don't have, They've even said in their own, like their founder has talked about a lot that they don't have that ability still, or they don't have that hit show. They have hit shows. I mean, they got really big with House of Cards, which was probably one of the original shows that kind of brought them to the forefront, winning awards and all that, made it a buzz show for people to want to watch and subscribe to. But I mean, when you with your mm-hmm. Disney, you're coming in with like you know, Star Wars, you're coming with Marvel, you're coming with Pixar, all these huge IPs and Netflix has been trying to build up its own, you know, library of originals and they're, and they're spending so much money. And I think they said last year, this year, so last year they talked to it big saying 2021, they're going to have a new movie or show every week. Who said no, that? Disney? Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Every, I was like, what? That's, that's every crazy. week crazy. A brand new show or or movie that's being released. And it's all Netflix yeah. created. Yeah. Content. And hmm. that's yeah, that's yeah, most, that's most, crazy. Like, like what how many of those are gonna be like blockbuster yeah. hits? Right? I know. No. Like I mean, even half the movies they make now I are know. garbage. It's crazy. Like, go out to the main yeah. the main big screens i mean if you think so, about the major studios they typically release maybe 20 22 movies a year and mm-hmm. there's 52 weeks so they'd have to do 52 yeah. like that's and crazy you're right i mean i think with what netflix just i think just thrown over the can i mean of course you never know what's going to be hit they they 
I mean, they should have tried. I mean, I'm sure they probably tried to buy like Lucasfilm at the time. Maybe who knows? You know, to maybe balk at the price and whatnot at the time. But like, I'm sure they went out to try to buy all these big IPs. But probably just you know, I think a lot of people that make film think Netflix. But Netflix has done well. They they've been releasing a lot of their movies in a theater when the wants it to be because they want to be uh, considered for Oscars and all that kind of stuff. But Typically, you know, right. you have to follow that old traditional route. They won't allow any sort of, you know, that's how the industry is about, you know, all the serious filmmakers. But if I mean, if you're like people like Michael Bay, he's been making movies for Netflix for a couple of years. He doesn't care. But I think. But if you're straight to a streaming yeah. service, you're not considered part well, of the industry. You, <laughs> for Well, yeah, for, for awards and whatnot. You have to release in the theater. That's just a rule, which is silly, which they still didn't change during COVID. Yeah. They what they did was they stretched because the Oscars should have happened by now, but they're not till April because mm -hmm. they were allowing it to be a longer process now, like because of COVID and restrictions and different rules, you can release in the theaters that are out that are available for at least X amount of screens. Then you're qualified for yeah. the Oscars. But if these award shows don't adapt, like, I mean, they're going to be like the cable companies. They're, they're, they're kind of, useless now a days anyways especially if they're not considering all that extra oh, yeah. content and, and guess what they I do mean, every year they do the award show and guess what happened next day the ratings are down from last year it's the lowest in 10 years of it's course. like yeah because a lot of audience are wanting you to promote things that either just went streaming or either are blockbusters not niche films or tv shows it's like they're living on this old way of, you know, how we handle the awards still and won't. Well, it's, yeah, it's, out, it's outdated. They need to get with the times just like, and like, that's what Netflix yeah. and all the streaming services So they've been are fighting doing, it right? for a while, but then I think Netflix just relented to, okay, whatever, we'll just play by the rules and what the rules are and stuff and whatnot. And I mean, one big filmmaker that doesn't like that streaming thing was Christopher Nolan when Tenet got released, that it, um, mm -hmm got released and how how it did traditionally because it was still before the second wave hit for COVID. But then, of course, in the States, HBO, which is owned by Warner, announced their HBO Max service like quicker than anticipated and all of a sudden said all these big movies that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on are going to be playing on the streaming service the same day it goes to the theater, depending on what, how the theaters are in the situation of opening or not. But they didn't care because what they wanted yeah. to do was drive up subscribers to pay for that service. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you I'm like that? I mean, I'm more, you know, like the filmmakers were not told about it till like an hour or two before the press release. And you're talking about like, you know, people like Christopher Nolan, you're talking about Denny Vinavu, you're talking about guys that work for Warner Studios for all these big movies. Like Danny Vinavut did, he's doing the new Dune, and he also did the Blade Runner reboot. He's from Montreal, too, Canadian. Mm -hmm. But I mean, of course, they want their stuff to be shown in the in the in the film. That's right, in the theater still at the same time, right? Because that's the experience. But they just weren't told that they were going to be using their movies to market. Of course, no surprise to help sell subscribers to the streaming service. And then yeah. a lot of them were vocal saying, "Well, we might." leave warner now go work with a different studio that actually wants to release 
movies in the theater first before they put it to streaming. They had nothing against streaming. They just, again, old school people, even though Christopher Nolan's only you know five, six years older than us, they just want the traditional because they're tra- mm-hmm. traditionalists to a sense. It'd be like people that make music, right? They want done certain things then they would someone you know an album i don't i don't know if that's the right analogy or not but like if you know what i'm saying like they just want things to be still done a certain way because that's how it's always been like yeah, i know well, i guess more or less i guess you want to sell your album not just stream it like it'd be like hey i want to sell my album and stream it that you'd be more or less no i just want to sell my album that's it yeah i don't want to stream it kind of thing you know like individual choice i guess for a filmmaker or artist they want to do it a certain way. Yeah, but I mean, like I don't know what the big deal is about. Like, why don't why not embrace well yeah, both? Sure. Like you said, right? I mean, why not embrace it? It's just another medium to get your mm-hmm. stuff out there. And then, like, you should be happy that they're promoting it for the streaming side of things because that's more marketing. So yeah, weird. I don't quite understand it too. I mean, I understand. If I'm not. Or is it the fact that they're they're worried that people won't also realize that it's in theaters and then it doesn't get good well, box office? Probably both. I mean, this, that's why I'm surprised the studios don't want both, but they just they're trying to adapt. But it'd be like they create this, you know, movie and it's meant to be seen on a big screen because it was shot for that. But then you're watching it on your iPhone, or your iPad. The experience is not quite the same, mm-hmm. and it isn't the same, right? You you have you're missing all the sound. Right when you're watching on your on your phone, but a lot of millennials and even people like us probably sometimes for certain movies don't care. We just want our content. We want it now. We don't care where where we watch it as long as it's watchable. We're going to watch it. But again, look at when we watched Avengers Endgame. You know, would that have been a good experience just watch on your phone or in the theater? Yeah. No. I would have yeah, enjoyed so that at all. I think that's where Christopher Nolan's coming from because most of his movies aren't small movies. So, well, see, I was thinking maybe it was just it was just solely the box office thing because it's like if you're trying to bring in as much revenue, get as much like um, publicity, and be like the top movie, so more mm-hmm. people come and see it. If like the streaming numbers aren't included in that, even if it's like being breaking records in streaming service maybe they're just worried that it's just going to make their movie historically like when people look back and say mm. oh that was a bad movie like they as the creator of that movie no. they don't want that to happen right so they want to make sure that that box office money is still going to be there i guess so they'd rather the advertising cater yeah. to those people so they can make sure that this, the well, butts yeah, I mean, are in the I think seats. they want to double dip, of course. They want their box office numbers. They also want their, you know, buy our movie numbers as well. The streaming one is a little different from mm-hmm. everything I've read. It's like they buy the rights for whatever TV show or movie. And they get it for a few years. Mm-hmm. And then they have to renegotiate. Like, I mean... What was it? Um, let me look that up real quick here. I think it was uh, South Park. Their streaming service, man, that they signed up for. Um, it was unbelievable how much they signed it up for. The deal was huge. And uh, HBO won the rights. HBO Max. You, you want to okay. know how much they pay for the rights to stream it? Oh, $500 million. Million? Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That, that sounds right to me. There's a lot of 
like it's actually a pretty popular show. I mean, I don't know if you're into it. I still like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have a lot yeah. of seasons too. And does this inc- just yep. all South it Park? Covers, it doesn't, yeah. does it, it's not none of their other properties. It's just South Park. Park related. I mean, there was a there was yeah, a bidding so, war still, for it. That sounds about right to a me. Bidding war. It's insane. And uh, Netflix obviously couldn't. You know, they don't want to keep paying that much. I mean, those guys are just. Oh, and because that's the same price that they pay for uh, the Seinfeld deal, and the Friends deal as well. To, you know, oh yeah, to get the streaming uh, rights to it. I mean, Netflix bought. Netflix actually got the streaming rights to Seinfeld. Even though it's, right. I mean, a lot of those things were like, it's insane that people watching such old shows now they're able to kind of relive it and like the office even like uh netflix lost the streaming rights to that like nbc bought it back mm-hmm. which is where it was aired anyways for 450 million jeez i mean the, to me the seinfeld thing kind of like even some other old shows that they haven't necessarily been yeah. properly updated but um, like Seinfeld, since it was yeah. shot on actual film, like I say, it it translates into yeah. HD perfect. So it has, it's it's kept up its ability to compete because, you know, fortunately they're able to upscale it yeah. to the right technology. Where other shows, just, they look dated. I mean, Seinfeld, yeah. obviously the clothes and everything else looks dated, but at least they were able to capture that you know, yeah. HD film quality. Well, I guess now it comes to... Oh. Which is awesome, right? Because all the other old no. shows didn't do that. I mean, then you can look at pricing now. Like, how much are you willing to pay for all these standalone services? I mean, Netflix right now, the basic one is $10, but that only allows you one screen to watch it on, and it's not and it's not HD. So you got to go up to the next level, which is $14.99. Two screens... HD, yeah. Or if you want the premium, you get the four screens and Ultra HD, which is 4K. I mean, you pay for two or three of them, you're right at a cable price. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the point of getting any streaming service if you're yeah. not going to get HD. Like that's well, uh, weird. I don't even see why that's offered. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, especially nowadays. And that. of course, Netflix most recently was testing a thing with password sharing. Meaning if you are not the person that signed up for it initially, it was going to ask you for the password every time. And then eventually is going to say you have to be in the same house. Hmm. Yeah, it's like we... I use shared well, Netflix as well. Netflix so. was notorious to tell everyone, we don't mind people sharing. Their CEO said, yeah, share password. This was when they were still growing. But now they're, they're still growing, but they're probably kind of seeing, well, now how can we squeeze more money out of people? Yeah. Well, they just realized that they screwed up or yeah, no kind kidding. of backfired. I mean, what's, what's your price point for a uh, standalone product? For streaming, what do you think is good value? I I don't know anything over twenty bucks a month. I yeah. think is too much, but I mean, there's there's bundles, I guess, like the HBO one, which I mean, there's a lot of great shows, a lot of great movies and stuff. But I mean, if you're getting the 
the uh, the Crave service on the back end of it too, where you can you know rewatch yeah. so many different series. I mean, maybe maybe that's okay value. But if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're like a Netflix and you're trying to get up and start charging people twenty bucks a month, I mean, like that's too much. I mean, fifteen is probably I'd say the limit on any one individual provider. Yeah, because I mean, it's climbing up. Though. I mean, Disney Plus is still relatively cheap as is new, and they just upped the price from you know nine something to eleven ninety nine. But they also have a year subscription where you save money. It's one hundred twenty dollars for the year. So you get to save a bit of money than doing it month to month. But yeah, again, okay, I, guess. I think that's why they're building up their content. Because, I mean, yeah, you can only watch Avengers or Star Wars so many times to see what the value of paying it. Because you can just buy the stuff, own it. Don't If that's all you're watching, why subscribe to something that doesn't have new content? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think right now... Um, for content-wise, I'm probably a bigger fan of Disney Plus at the moment and HBO than Netflix for kind of offering more unique programming. I know there's only been a few shows on Disney Plus, but... And then, of course, Apple TV Plus, which is probably on the bottom of most people's list. They actually been have a couple of good shows on there, super cheap, only at six bucks a month, but it's only about 30 shows on there on the platform, but Ted Lasso. Yeah, as you that's way too yeah. few shows for me to so, I mean, find value been, in something Obviously, like that. been asked by Wall Street many times to go buy out Sony Pictures or buy out Paramount to get a library of, you know, movies to provide a better compelling price or compelling product, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a... I don't know. It's a gamble well, I think too. But... Been, content is going to be king yeah. to all this streaming stuff, but just a matter of what's the right price for consumers to not maybe do one or two things. Because on top of that, think about streaming. You got the music streaming. You got other things taking advantage or taking up your time and money to spend your money on. So you got to have the price good, I guess, and the good and the right product, like the content. Yep. Oh yeah, you like you like you just said, content will be. I guess, yeah, the the main draw. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. That that does it for the film and TV segment and the Joe Knows podcast as well. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Share with family and friends. You can follow me on Twitter at Knows Podcast, Instagram at Joe Knows Podcast, and Facebook at Joe Knows Podcast. Until next time, Joe out.